Hey friends, so we're back with another installment of Dort Devotions on this Good Friday. Have you ever wondered where that term ever came from? Historically, like what's the etymology of it? Why did we ever decide to call this Good Friday? You know, it's often mistakenly believed that Good Friday comes from the idea that it was once called God Friday. You know, as in the etymology of our English term, goodbye, which came from God be with ye. But today, in cultures and in countries all over the world, people are gathering to participate in parades and marches, services, prayers, and probably today different than it has been done in years past. But in 2,000 years, cultures all around the world have formed their traditions around this incredible, pivotal day in human history. Interestingly enough, in Scandinavian countries, on, or in Old English, the term is Long Friday. In German, they call it Morning Friday or Silent Friday. And interestingly, in all the Eastern European churches, like um, in Greece or in Poland, um, or even in Arabic, it's referred to as Great Friday. But let's get back to that idea. Where did the idea ever come from? to call this Good Friday. You see, we always have the, his the luxury of reading history backwards, but can you imagine for the disciples to wake up on the morning and realize that hope and all of their expectations were now gone? What could have ever been good about this day? For disciples we read about had fled. They had scattered in different directions. Judas has gone off and hung himself. The disciples are behind locked doors for fear of what might happen to them. What would they have been wondering waking up the morning after Jesus was crucified? Their leader, their rabbi, their best friend. Were they thinking already now about going back to the vocations they would have been a part of three years before Jesus had called them and said, come follow me? Would they have been thinking about fleeing and leaving the country, that maybe the same thing would happen to them that it had happened to Jesus, or taking the out that Judas had himself had taken and that it just might not be worth the cost? Or they're just laying low. This Friday would have been anything but good for the disciples in that moment. Not one of them could have imagined the future that was coming on Sunday. What I want to do with you today is look back at one of the texts right beforehand where people, the people in Israel had to choose what they were putting their hope within. This is the text that comes from Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to read verses 11 to 26. This is Jesus before Pilate. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. And then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. And at that time they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew that it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. 
Now while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. And they all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. And all the people answered, His blood is on us and our children. And then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. As the events in the Passion narrative begin to escalate, and the crowd begins to form in the circle, it's their political Roman leader who actually puts a choice back in front of them. A choice between two Jesus. Jesus Barabbas. In Aramaic, this would be Yeshua Bar Abba, Yahweh to the rescue, the Son of the Father. But Barabbas was a famous insurrectionist. He was jailed because he had tried to lead the people in military revolt in a coup to free Israel from Romans' occupation. He sought to impose his will at the point of a sword. Now contrast this to Jesus the Messiah or in the text Yeshua Christos, Yahweh to the rescue, the Christ. But this one like a lamb led in silence to the slaughter, the healer and forgiver even of his enemies, who the night before when a sword was drawn in his defense, he healed the very person who was hurt in that moment. Jesus doesn't impose his will in order to gain his freedom. Rather, he lays down his will, submits to the Father in order to gain freedom for all creation. And just like the disciples couldn't even envision or imagine the possibility of a beautiful future waiting for them just days away, so too there are a lot of us today who don't know if we can go back to the way things were before or even know how to envision a future on the other side of a global health pandemic. But our God has always specialized in the most difficult moments. You see, and just like there was an ending for the disciples of a resurrection from the dead that would change the opportunity for all humankind, for all of history, so too not one of us in this moment knows what God has in store for those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. We don't get to know the mind of God, but we do always get to know his character. Because God is good, Today is still Good Friday. Because we who get to read history backwards know that Sunday's coming. And the one who conquered the grave, the one who promises beautiful things for all who will follow, 
who showed the disciples that they would, he would open up a world for them where they would never have to be afraid again. That same God who raised Jesus from the dead will cause resurrection in the midst of hurt and loss and the struggle where we're at right now. It's the followers of Jesus who get to stand in moments like that, point back to the worst day in all of human history and say even that day was still good. And the goodness of God is not in jeopardy. The possibilities for what is to come of all of this in this moment that we're in are still unknown. But today is and will always be Good Friday because he submitted his will instead of imposing it so that we would always have life on this side of the grave and the other. And so today is Good Friday. Good Friday. Because Sunday's coming.